0: From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to The Chant, an Impact exclusive. This is your source for the latest in music and sports news from Michigan State and the rest of the world. Rock and roll. Now, here are your hosts, Hikaru
1: Kudo and Justin LaBelle. What's going on, everybody? Hikaru Kudo, Justin LaBelle. Episode Howdy. six of the Chance. Chance Impacts very own music and sports news podcast. I guess I said her names already. Yeah, um, <laughs> you gotta, that's why it kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, I don't you know. I'm messing you, around. I'm messing around, around the intros that. I'm messing around with the intros, man. Come
0: on. Hey, no, I, I'm always a fan of a bit of a little bit of experimental business there. Ah, uh, you, you know You know it, man.
1: You know it, man. Because uh, we're I, experimental dudes. If I sound a little nasally, you hear coughs and sneezes and. You know, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, That's because I'm like 50% sick right now. (laughs) Yeah. This week, half of the Impact is
0: currently healthy. Half of the Impact. Oh, that's not good. Half of the chant, rather. We are affiliated with Impact.
1: We are very much a bullet of your impact. Car stays
0: in here too long for the workaholic. He
1: is the half of the Oh no, I crash and burn. It. So, uh mom, dad, get ready for me to uh, crash and burn this weekend. Thank mom, you. Dad, Love you guys. Get the tissues ready. Love you guys. Love you guys. All right. So, anyways, get the tissues let's ready. Let's get going. going to some sports and music news. We got a lot on the plate today. Google Spinners determined music will be our first topic because Hi. yeah. <laughs>
0: because uh obvious reasons. <laughs> but, because sports is better. Uh, no. No? Okay, fine. <laughs> first whatever. of all, second of the best. Anyways, today's <laughs> topics
1: will run down so in a moment, as we normally do. Justin will showcase slash present slash however the heck you want to say it. That's right. His first topic. Then I'll be talking about the Masters. Yes. And the comeback victory for Tiger Woods. You know, I have to talk about it. I, I was here at The Impact watching those final moments. And Oh, you were here in
0: the studio. Was I was not at?
1: here. I was not in this studio. I was in a... Uh... <coughs> For so many coughs uh, <laughs> in the uh, sports studio. Yeah. Uh, watching it. Literally, I think, the last two um, holes. And mm. um, we'll talk more about that, the emotional impact. And we're going to focus more on the emotional impact. And, you know, obviously. No, sure. It's the, the good and the bad. 80, 90% of people, I would say, plus, uh, including myself, uh, you know, they think Tiger was winning and coming back. Is great for a multitude of reasons, including myself. Mm-hmm. Justin, I found out recently, has a different opinion.
0: No, I don't. I don't have a different opinion. I found out that a couple of friends of mine have a very different opinion. Okay, about so that's what well, what we there. want to talk about. Yeah, no, um, don't get
1: it twisted. I'm proud of you as, too. as well a little bit, not too much, not too much. I want to yeah. still focus on Tiger. But anyways, right after that, your 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 third uh, your yeah. th- final topic for the day will be. Right after
0: that, we're gonna be going on to basically the music equivalent of a tournament. And uh, talking about some festivals that are happening right now. One of the current festivals going on, you might have heard of. It's a very small festival, you know, known as Coachella. Uh, that's hey, you want to go? That's go? back in town for weekend one. Uh, you want to go? Th- I don't want to go. No. <laughs> I thought
1: you said you wanted to go. No, that's expensive. <laughs> that's a don't lot of money. Don't you have money? Don't you have money? I have- Not that kind of money. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't either. We'll, we'll get it long. <laughs> we'll get a loan Yeah, try to
0: explain that one to the bank So, Whatever. why did you want to take out this loan?
1: I want to get high in the desert uh,
0: Oh my gosh <laughs> Anyways,
1: Coachella's back in town That's... All twists, turns, flip, yeah, flap, We'll be jacks. going over all of the highlights that ended
0: up happening over weekend one here Weekend, weekend two uno. is going to be coming back Weekend numeral dos week. coming up next week Yeah, Exactly, that is what that means
1: <laughs> uh, Okay, anyways
0: uh, I, like the head I will up.
1: wrap up the show talking about Michigan State men's soccer against Lansing ignite in the inaugural Capitol Cup that happened in Cooley Law School Stadium last night uh that they were recording this is Wednesday April 17th yes uh, so the day before on Tuesday April 16th I was there um with Ian Gilmore who is one of our volunteers doing recorded play-by-play Kyle Turk was there our sports editor who's about to graduate in two weeks please don't hey. go Kyle Turk I Please don't. I'm gonna miss you so much. Please, <laughs> uh, Kyle Turk. Please, Kyle Turk. But anyways, <laughs> uh, he was there taking some photos for uh the impact. So uh I'll just run down on that takeaways from that one and what's left mm-hmm. to go in their spring schedule for Michigan State Soccer. But to kick off for a show. Yes, I am the guy. So,
0: uh what we're gonna be talking about today is uh some pretty big ish band news here um from the one the only Brock Hampton. Uh, They're self-proclaimed best boy band since One Direction. Uh, <laughs> I always loved that lyric going on in. It was a uh, boogie, I think, off of Saturation 3. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's one of the most hilarious lines. They don't consider themselves like a rap group, more of a boy band. But Kevin Abstract is one of the founding members of Brockhampton, and recently there's been a whole lot of buzz about his solo stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff has been left up in the air, and so he took to Beats Radio One on uh, Apple Music in order to clear up any breakup rumors, as well mm-hmm. as just promote
1: his own album. So, so the gonna... idea is that Kevin Abstract is not breaking up.
0: Yes, yes. it's
1: just he's kind of doing his solo stuff with yeah. Brock Hampton on the. You know,
0: yeah. Twenty eighteen saw the release of Brock Hampton's latest record after signing to RCA Records, *Iridescence* which released uh, sometime back in early 2018. Uh, they had a lot of really good songs on there, different styles uh, from the Saturation mixtapes, like I saw. Um, one of my favorites on there is Tape. Uh, San Marcos is a really great one, a very slow jam. Or if you're looking for something along the same lines, of like the aggressiveness of Boogie, uh, New Orleans, the opening track, is a great one to start you off there on that album. However, uh, in light of just being a creative guy as Kevin Abstract is, he is has released recently on April 11th here a solo EP called Arizona Baby. Have you heard uh, it? Have you listened to it? Yeah, I have listened to a bit How of it. How does it it's sound? really different, actually. D- it's, Diff- okay. it's different than what I would expect because uh, being a Brockhampton fan, yeah. as well as anyone else who's listened to Brockhampton before, uh, you would probably expect either... Super soulful or super like aggressive in your face sort of. Well, style. that's what Brockham. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I expect. This one starts focus leaning in towards the soulful Brockhampton, okay, ad- side of things, but it leads more into, I guess, a bit more funky slash R and B sort of style. And funky, yeah, which really fits towards Kevin Abstract style a lot more in my personal opinion. If you know
1: Kevin Abstract? That's I think. That's yeah, cool, absolutely. But-
0: uh he released that EP on April eleventh, and uh he's gonna be dropping I believe it was either a new EP or a new album sometime this week. So this week. Yeah, Friday, April 19th. So Kevin Astrack has
1: been busy creating music. The yeah, past he's few been months.
0: creating music on the side here uh for quite some time, writing songs for that in light of the recent Brock Hampton release. And uh well, a lot of fans were really concerned about that. Um, And I'll go into a little bit of why. So if anyone is familiar with um the Saturation mixtapes, you'll know that they ended up recording them literally all in the same summer. Mm-hmm. Most of those times they recorded an entire three albums worth of songs in one summer, really. it's They've been taking time to go through, make those songs over and over again. To the point where fans have started to expect that they just have songs kind of built up over a while. So the rumors started going around that Brockhampton, once this Arizona Baby EP, came out with Kevin Abstract and he started teasing that. And the Brockhampton social media feeds also started teasing the Kevin Abstract line of questioning here. There was a lot on the table for figuring out whether or not Brockhampton would continue on considering they hadn't heard too many new songs there from them in quite some time or well quite some time in relevance to iridescence. But Kevin Abstract took to beats radio one, as well as to his own social media feed to put out a casting call for a Brockhampton project in, uh, Los Angeles, California, uh, for yesterday, Tuesday, April 16th. And, uh, if, he, if people were freaking out, to say the least, they ended up, uh, Kevin Abstract ended up going on to say uh, behind the scenes on his social media feed, quote, I've been making a ton of music for some of the group, and some for me, just because some expletive is too personal slash self-indulgent to put on a group album, and that's also a different character altogether. But this summer, I want all that expletive out, tired tired of holding back records back. So I guess he felt like he couldn't really experiment too much like he did on Arizona Baby. With Brock Hampton. Yeah, with Brock Brock Hampton. And I get that from a standpoint. Uh, I know in my limited years of songwriting experience, there's a lot of different styles that you can end up writing songs about, and some just don't feel right for whatever project you're doing. So Kevin Abstract sounds like he had a ton of stuff built up over the years with Brock Hampton. That he's written, but never exactly felt it was his, like, for Brock Hampton, but it was more personal for him. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because in a group setting, you're only able to talk uh-huh. about, like, trying to point toward a message, really. You can get personal with that message, for sure, depending on which member of the group is doing that. Like, yeah. you take, like, an Sync, for example, or One Direction.
1: Everyone you're going to look no, into No, but the way their... that Kevin Abstract's approaching this, and the way that Kevin Abstract wants to, how do I want to word it? Um, progress. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. With its own music and, you know, with its own meaning, it makes sense that it's not with the group. But yeah, because the group
0: might not share that same meaning. And that's what I mean. Because, and if case. they don't share
1: the same meaning, um, then, you know, music's not going to sound yeah. great the way you want it to. Yeah, it
0: wouldn't sound as great for a Brockhampton record, in my personal opinion, because by then, The group's not relating to the issues, so they're not going to be super into it, right? Fair, fair. So, really, it's all up to Kevin Abstract to talk about his own personal issues on his own songs. Mm -hmm. And so, there's not really too much of a choice there at that point, other than to write songs for Brockhampton or for himself. He goes on to continue with a string of tweets here with all caps. Brockhampton, quote, rather, my bad. Brockhampton is not breaking up. The new music sounds good as hell. And we are not we're just not spending 10 days on albums no more.
1: <laughs> Which is good. It's very I'm good. I'm glad for them. they're, you know, <laughs> spending more than, you know, less than 2 weeks on creating music. Yeah. And if if this is what Brockhampton sounds like, you know, when they're, you know, literally ripping away song after song after song.
0: Yeah. And it, Again, going back to how they wrote the saturation Mm. mixtapes, there that got them basically onto the map and signed to RCA Mm -hmm. at that point. You have to remember they recorded all of those in the same year, like pretty much the same summer. All three of those came out in different parts of 2018. Obviously, they had different times when they released. They didn't all drop in the same time. And they had to remaster
1: stuff. And they had, you know,
0: yeah. But at the same time, you consider how long they took to write all of those songs. Bless you. Thank you. And it took them probably, like they said, 10 days, maybe even more at that point. Mm -hmm. But now that they have the resources from RCA with the new signing, they took it on to Iridescence and made an album that was really meaningful and personal for them. And now they're taking more of their time because they have those resources to spare. Which is really good.
1: I'm I'm glad they are.
0: Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to the, whatever this new Brockhampton project is gonna be now, because when you're dedicating yourself that much, not only to just your solo project, but the rest of the group is dedicating themselves to a new Brockhampton project, where everyone is like taking their time and really starting to build up something. You've listened to Iridescence, right? Hikaru? Yes. You know how atmospheric that sound was for a lot of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, like San Marcos is probably, again, Mm -hmm. the best example. That was one of their first couple singles off of that record. Yeah. That atmosphere style there and the soulful style there, I don't know if that's something we're going to be seeing on the new Brockhampton as much as we did on Iridescence here. Uh Uh-huh. Because in consideration of all that, they ended up adding a new member with one other member being accused of a A couple of things. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was bad to the point where they had to kick him out. So Mm. they lost someone who initiated them on the path of the Saturation Records and to their signing.
1: And that's obviously going to change fans' approach, you know?
0: Yeah. Then they dropped three singles leading up to the release of Iridescence, which are the 1999, 1998, and 1997 songs that they have out right now, each with different prefixes. I think, uh, 1998 Truman was one of them, 1997 Diana, and uh, I forget what the 1999 one was. I didn't listen to that one much. But (laughs) um, just all of that starts building up to a more meaningful project, and I think Brockhampton taking it seriously shouldn't be a sign for fans that, oh, they're going to break up. It's more of a matter of they want to take time to make a project that sounds good to them, and they aren't just dropping music after music after music. You
1: know what? I say do it. Yeah. Yes, they do it, and I mean, this is not you know a completely different genre per se, but like Avril Lavigne, for example, that girl disappeared for who knows how long. Yeah. And then just came out dropping a new song, mm-hmm. "Welcome Back," and you know what? I mean, she she didn't go as big as she wanted in the states per se. You know, when she came back, but in Canada she blew up again.
0: Well, yeah, because she's a primarily Canadian artist. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. But she blew up again in Canada when she you know, quote unquote, I guess, made a return when really she was you know, working on stuff. You know, in the background. And then that's she was also, you know, there were some health complications, I believe, that she was struggling through. Yeah. Mental complications. A lot of stuff that she was going through. But the point is, you know, it was a good song. She came back well. Yeah. Because they spent time. And that's what Brockhampton's doing right now. Exactly. Is that they're spending time creating good music for their fans. Yeah. You know, I'd rather wait more time for a good song than, you know, get a song, you know, three albums every year. As would
0: I. And here's the thing. I think... Maybe in the case of Brockhampton, with how much, how many songs they ended up writing, mm-hmm. I feel it might be a case of burnout that ended up letting them just wait a little bit to write some stuff. Like me, like well, many
1: college students around here, but you, myself, Brockhampton. But <laughs> no, I agree. I agree because yeah, there's probably... when you're vigorously working that much, yeah, right, you're you need a
0: break. Yeah, if what Kevin Abstract saying is true and not just like some hyperbole. Yeah. Spending 10, ten days to record a full album, yeah, is the shortest amount of time I've heard anyone write song. I mean, for it normally
1: album. takes. I got okay, so I have quick sidebar here. Sure, I have a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Forge. He is she is an artist. Yeah, it's a she. She's an artist. <laughs> um, and friend from high school. She told me from the time she recorded her song in the studio, get it remastered, edit it, you know, add everything, all the elements to it. Yeah. Literally took her nearly a year to do. Yeah. I mean, you now granted she's by herself and she's not, you know, signed by a big major label or anything. But that doesn't change the fact. No. Yeah. That these. it doesn't matter if you're, you know, aspiring to make it big, you know, or your um, you know, Brock Hampton. Yeah. It takes time. So the fact that they recorded these intent you know, and obviously just because they recorded these in 10 days doesn't mean, you know, all the remastering work and everything was done in 10 days per se. But the fact that they were blown through this stuff, listened to it, at, you know, changed their lyrics, yeah. did all their creative process and then got that portion done in 10 That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, it makes me believe that they definitely had a message they wanted to pump oh, out yeah. and they had these
0: songs written already. And I feel like it was
1: time sensitive as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because once you end up having... In this sort of day and age, you have social media promoting literally every single thing someone does. You and I can attest to that. Being, I end up running a whole lot of my band's pages. You run your personal page where you do updates on uh, a lot of the sporting events
1: around the greater Lansing and, area. And um, I talked to for one of my classes, sport reference here. Yeah, one of my classes, Ryan Field, who uh, who's out uh, a sports anchor out in ABC in New York. Um, he was telling us he's. One of the things you got to do in today's day and age is if you do become a public figure, you know, whether you're an announcer or broadcaster or whatever, yeah. You got to constantly be tweeting out, you know, Facebook sending Facebook messages Facebook posts yeah. because everyone wants to know what you're doing all the time, you know.
0: Yeah, or if you're an artist in that case, you want to be doing the same exact thing you're doing or a lot of the fans end up hearing a lot of your new music and wondering what the next song is, what is going to be the next project, when is the next single released. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is probably a huge example of that right yes. now. Yes. Uh, she's teasing something for the same day as Avengers Endgame uh, 426 here, uh, and she's most likely going to be dropping a single at that point because it's been a while since we've heard anything since Reputation came on out. But which, I was remem- which feels like forever. Exactly. Now. That was, what, 2017?
1: I think so. Maybe. Did she release anything? Twenty
0: eighteen? No, not at all. Was she quiet? I, yeah, I think uh, I think it was reported she ended up taking a bit of a break off of social media uh, for a while, and then it was a huge deal when she came back for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that brings that just goes to show by that point that well, why is it a big deal? Why is it a big deal if a public figure ends up taking a break from that? And it's because of how fast we get our information and how fast we end it's up the getting connected se- to our favorite personal celebrities here.
1: It's the 24-7 news cycle.
0: Yeah. And coming from a place where Brockhampton is right now, they've had probably just a ton of time to make these projects whenever they did. Ten days to make an album, and they put out three albums in the same year. Mm-hmm. That's depending on how many songs 30 plus songs that they have on a standard record obviously the records aren't that standard and they don't have 10 songs per record they have usually more but still 30 plus songs per record in the same year and dropping them back to back to back and then to follow that up with iridescence in 2018 also back so it's a lot of songwriting stuff there for them And a lot of trying to keep up to date with just the pace that they've been putting out songs. Even when they got the RCA signing, they were putting out a ton of songs.
1: They're pumping it out like a machine.
0: So the fans and probably social media in in general has started conditioning people to just expect, hey, there's probably more on the horizon right away. Or if we don't hear anything like a tour or whatever, they they hate their fans and they're awful. And that's not the case. It's just a lot of time... For creative creativity to come on up here, and mm-hmm. I think that's where get, where we're gonna drop it off because, uh, just I've been rambling on. About the same you've been thing rambling for on. And time
1: and, and on top of that, but, we're we're trying to get through a podcast without me dying on air. Again. Yeah. Again, I apologize for all the coughing and all the stuff. Um,
0: look, you have to treat them like they're normal. Hikaru.
1: <laughs> they are, but but uh, my, excuse
0: me. My point is is that going through all of this stuff and. The main takeaway being Brockhampton's not breaking up. Uh They've just been taking their time to do other things and or living a life at that point. Social media is not a life. No matter how many times some random social media influencer, quote unquote, starts crying on now this about how she got fired. (laughs) Did you see that? You see that video? That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen and it's because of how important we've made social media nowadays into the promotion of just fast information.
1: Yeah, but that's 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 a different that's a different conversation for a different time no, here. I feel like it blends in. No, but we're we're going I've, on we're going on a tangent here from Brockhampton. No, no, no.
0: I, I, this is how I related back to Brockhampton. Brockhampton has been spending a lot of their time writing songs over and over and over again, promoting those songs and going on tour in such a short amount of time that it's almost going to give you a whiplash if you follow their entire history, figuring out that they'd have an album back literally a year to two years ago. And that's when they started getting big. Now, with the age of social media, they've they've set a standard in order to pump out song after song after song, album after album, so on and so forth. The fact that now they're doing that, where they're taking time and starting to get into... A slower pace for writing their songs to make it a bit more of a quality. Obviously, again, Kevin Abstract going into his solo record that is going to be coming out. Which sometime was what this we we're week. talking about to yeah.
1: begin with before it's tangent.
0: To take some time onto that uh, and make music like that, it's going to be a bit jarring for a lot of people, but it's, it's mainly just the way people have to live outside of social media. They have to live outside of social media in order to get through. and again and I no i think again, that's what people tend and, to miss and
1: and again that's um um that's just um i i i i i honestly think that is just today's age and that's a conversation for a different time for a different yeah. place it's not just Brockhampton, it's just overall what it is yeah. but anyways but overall so, rockhampton ain't breaking up
0: Uh, There you go. Kevin Abstract's got some new music on the way that is much different from Brock Hampton. Feel free to check that out. I think he's going to be dropping something this Friday, and uh, the Arizona Baby EP is out as of April 11th. So I'm going to drop this topic before I get more heated on social media age here for some reason uh, it's well that's not, not for some no reason. but it's again not, i'm it saying it's relate. not re-
1: no but it's not related to brock hampton as you think it is the, we'll, mm, you know I, what we'll, we'll talk about it after we'll talk about it after it, but it, you know what it, we'll, does. it no, does no 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 we'll, come on Let's I, let's move on. Let's move the let's move the.
0: Let's you move. want to move on because it's going to be talking about some masters here,
1: aren't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> who doesn't want to talk about the? Okay, before we lose any of the viewers or listeners, I think we've lost them already. <laughs> no, we haven't. Maybe uh, you lost them. If you, if you no. lost them, that's your fault. But oh, anyway, my
0: controversial opinion about oh, social media is making. Well, who wants major to, major to hear bad. about
1: social media on a music and sports news podcast? No one wants to hear about social media.
0: People took to social media from the masters
1: too, Hikaru. Okay, but that's a different story. We'll oh, talk my about. God. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, but. I don't see how that direct relation is, to be honest with you, because of the the, tan- the far tangent you made. That's what it is. It
0: wasn't that much of a tangent, but if you feel that's, you can see that, I that's how I feel. A whole... That's
1: how I feel because Brock, Brock Hampton. It doesn't matter whether it's social media or not. yes, the reaction might be that way, but it's just no. It's just that's a conception of it. And that's a conversation for a different time, different place, for a different podcast. person.
0: Personally, like. I see the connection, but we'll. Talk
1: I don't about see that it, later. and you're talking about a guy who's interested in music and. We'll see if any of our viewers and listeners see it as well. Sure, yeah. But, anyways, moving on to the Masters, because I think more people want to hear about the Masters, no offense. Mm, Sure they do. (laughs) I mean, people want to hear about the Brockhampton, but people also want to hear about the Masters. But, anyways. yeah, no. Folks, if you've been living under a rock, Tiger Woods has officially made a comeback in the Masters. Yes. Finished under 13 for the day, or I should say for the tournament and. That was special, yeah. It was a Folks, huge comeback that, moment. That, for him. that 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 was special. I just, I we're just gonna dive straight into this emotional impact. And I guess twenty two years ago, in nineteen ninety seven,
0: I wasn't even born yet.
1: Hey. Uh, what, neither of us were born.
0: Tiger hey. Woods
1: <laughs> won his first Masters. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years later, he wins his fifth one after going through. A bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff yeah, good with Lord. his wife and with his family and medical and mental health and there's just so much stuff about Tiger that was negative attention. Yeah, that for the golf community and really for the entire world. Yeah, especially in the United States, Tiger Woods coming back, witnessing this wherever you were is huge. And I will talk about a second where I was and what I was doing and everything. But first, first I want to play. This clip from Twitter. Okay. It'll just be the audio, obviously. And this is just Jim Nance comparing the first time Tiger Woods won in 97 in the Masters and hugging his father, Earl Woods. Mm-hmm. 22 years later, Tiger hugging Charlie and his daughter, Sam. Specifically Charlie, though. Okay? All right. Here we go, folks.
0: See so what Jim Nance has to say. Little Charlie. Was it even born when his father won a major the last time in 2008? And Sam, his daughter, was just an infant. That's what it looked like 22 years ago.
1: Oh, wow. And,
0: you put that in the perspective, Jesus. And I know, I know, you can't
1: see the visual. It's on Twitter. Uh, feel free to check it out at the Masters as uh, their handle.
0: We can probably throw that up as a, a link um, on. A,
1: I could probably page throw it in it. actually.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Please stop dying. I'm trying to. <laughs>
1: uh, we could probably throw it on in the description page as well. But um, no, um, the way Jim Nance said that. You know, yeah. The emotion, because sports is emotional, and I'm tearing up here. That's I'm talking about Tiger Woods because I thought that was the sniffles. I don't know. I I'm tearing. Up. I'm tearing earlier. up for good. When, when a man goes through, you know, or one person goes through so much, mm-hmm. the Tiger Woods has. And shows the world through his talent. That I'm back after all these years. That's special. Yeah. 15th major win, fifth masters. He is only.
0: And you heard from that quote too. The last time he won a masters was back in 2008, which was.
1: 11 years ago. Well,
0: well before any of the other controversy stuff happened with him, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. That's when he went downhill turmoil. All the controversial stuff came into play.
0: Yeah, there and was a lot happening. He finally Woods. made a comeback,
1: 11 years. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you had a whole lot of you at home were paying attention to that quote, but you heard that Charlie was not even born the last time Tiger won a Masters, and his daughter was just an infant. To put perspective that in
1: that, Tiger Woods is currently 43 years old. You do the math how old Tiger was when he first won it? won it. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't want to go back to 1997, but... Early 20s. We can do that about. real quick, yeah.
1: But um, Tiger Woods is only behind Jack Nicholas when it comes to the most number of Masters won. And he's only behind by one now. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the celebration Tiger Woods had after the 18th hole.
0: I, I did for a little he, bit, yeah.
1: He He clenched his fist and, like, yeah, said, like, yes. Yeah, that And then he fist. started screaming. He was like... Yes. And that's that's when you knew Tiger Woods was back. Mm-hmm. The crowd roared, <laughs> and Jim Nance did the smartest thing and just let it f- fill. And Jim Nance is one of the most, one of the greatest broadcasters of our time, period. Very talented man. I, I've always loved Jim Nance.
0: Yeah. Very good guy. And
1: how he worded that, and how he called this, as Tiger let you know approach the 18th and then yeah. finish his round that was special you know yeah. it was a and and for very me and for one. me and I know for many you're never going to forget where you were when Tiger Woods made his comeback here's where I was impact right after the Green and White report right after the Motown rundown which is uh All on Sundays Detroit Pro Sports uh <laughs> podcast Released Monday mornings at 6 a.m. Hey, look your, at that.
0: <laughs> <shameless> Monday, <laughs> uh, listening.
1: But right after the guys, uh, Ryan Collins, one of our volunteers, he's a big golf guy, huge golf guy. Oh, is he? Natchez was, uh, was on during the entire Green and White Report as well. So feel free to check that episode out on impact 89 Um, slash sports. And we went back to the sports studio when we were all watching it and just waiting and just watching and waiting when that moment happened kid you not, I'm seeing Ryan Rabinowitz and Ryan Collins, two literally grown men. Grown men in college. (laughs) Tear up. and They're emotional. And this is what sports does. Okay, that's why I didn't want to focus on any of the numbers or any of the great stuff. It's more, to me, the impact that Tiger Woods made. The Him saying, although all this stuff has gone on in my life, there's hope. Here it is. Right? Yeah.
0: Because you got to
1: figure he's. uh... And going on national television. Yeah. Smiling. And you know what? This is a great quote. When he got the jacket put on him, he said, quote, it fits. (laughs) Such a humble man. So many reactions you could be giving There's so many people telling you after that your career's over. Your scandal screwed you over.
0: Yeah. Putting that in perspective, uh, just to give a date on that, the infidelity scandal started in 2009. There you November go. November 2009, 10 years ago, coming up this November.
1: There you go. Less than 10 years later, we're looking at Tiger. It's a Masters tournament yeah. in Augustana.
0: Yeah, Tiger that, Woods has had such a
1: past, man. He just has with all that. And, and you know what? I grew up with Tiger Woods. Yeah. Tiger, when it came to golf, who was the guy to go to? It was Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. I'm and I've never been a big golf fan per se. Maybe I should be, but to me neither. But to me, it was always Tiger Woods. So to me, this was special. It was not really my expertise per se, but I had to mention it. I had to talk about it because. Be- because it's a special moment, it's a historic moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those moments that you'll never forget where you were. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes. And I'm gonna sense I'm gonna pull this back to Michigan State for a moment. <laughs> Twenty fourteen <2014 laughs> yeah. Rose Bowl. I don't know if you were a Spartan fan at the time or not.
0: Uh, what what year is that? Twenty fourteen.
1: Twenty fourteen. Uh, no. Twenty fourteen <laughs> Rose Bowl. Okay. Okay. Michigan State, you know, entire state going ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It's um, and it was again, it was against Stanford. Um, and, and I was in New York at the time. All right. Yeah. With my family. And we were in New York in Times Square. Second half has just started. Spartans down by three, 17 to 14. Times Square. You know that big screen right above Good Morning America? Yeah. Right there, there was a pod of Stanford fans, and there was like a crowd of Spartan fans. Family literally, again, excuse me, squeezes our way. To that spot, mm-hmm. so watch the game outside in the freezing rain. And then when Spartans got that win,
0: mm, that's what they call it, yeah.
1: Celebrating your butts. Never will forget that moment. It is. I can imagine where exactly I was when Michigan State won twenty fourteen Rose Bowl. It's one of those moments, right? Yeah, it's just one of. It's just those special moments in life that a group of people won't forget. And with the Masters tire, the entire nation won't forget it. That's why it's so special. Yeah. It's like the Super Bowl, but even better. Because everyone knows how significant it is.
0: Is it a fair comparison? Wow, that was a butchering. Is it a fair comparison to say the Masters is probably like the Super Bowl of golf? Or is there one that's above it? I always get confused whether or not there's one. I'm not. I above. I would say
1: I say I would say the Masters is it. Yeah, like
0: okay, yeah. Because I I didn't know if there was something there was there's usually something else that happens after the Masters, right?
1: There's a bunch of more uh, tourneys and stuff that goes on throughout yeah. the season, but
0: and that's where Tiger's gonna be heading next. But uh, the, Masters the Masters is definitely
1: the Masters definitely. If you're not a golf big golf fan like me, you know, or don't follow golf as much, Masters is definitely the big one. Yeah. It's the big one, and CBS makes a lot of money out of it, too, to put you know perspective on how many people I should watch it. Yeah. um, But again, no. <clears throat> <there's, throat>
0: there is also a bit of a negative that I want to end up reading about here because a lot of people on at least my side of the social media feed, for all of those people who are talking about the Masters, which were like only a couple handful, but all of the ones that I ended up seeing were just, chastising the fact of Tiger Woods's past there. They were just like are we are we going to I think one stood out in particular and it was are we just going to forget Tiger Woods is just a piece of trash human being? And I get that. I get that statement, but I I kind of do, but I don't at the same time cuz I'm under the personal belief that anyone's past really shouldn't be held against them because they could be different people. Now, in some cases, they end up violating all that, which is fair, and no, it, you I mean, do have to hold people accountable for their actions, but here's the thing. Tiger Woods was accountable for his actions. He was. Back in the 2009 infidelity scandal especially, which is probably what everyone's biggest incident would be at that point, point. one of the biggest scandals for Tiger Woods at that time was... These these multiple women coming on out saying they've had an affair with Tiger Woods. Yes. And a ton of companies ended up dropping him because of it, like uh, AT&T, Gatorade, General Motors, all big sponsors of Tiger Woods ended up just pulling their ads from them mm-hmm. or pulling out any funding from them, all because of this huge incident that happened. And by all accounts, it was a huge thing. In fact, uh... Back in 2010, August 23rd, they ended up getting a divorce together, Woods and his uh, ex wife by that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then you follow that up with his 2017 arrest from there, yep. where he started, uh, he was under the influence and caused a reckless driving incident to happen, which is also very bad. But you put all of that together. And you bring it over into 2019 now. Tiger's gone through a rehab program. He's a changed man. He's a dedicated man. He was there with his girlfriend at the Masters and his two children who were cheering him on the entire time. And his mother. And his mother. And his father, I assume, right? No? I might have misheard that, unfortunately. But his entire family was there.
1: His current girlfriend was there. Earl Woods passed away back in May 3rd, 2006. 2006, okay. Yes. So, so that was misheard then, my bad. Yes. But um,
0: point being is that you put together all of those negative incidents there for Tiger, and you have one of the best comeback stories I've ever heard.
1: And you know what the primary response that people were looked at when you made this comeback? Mm. Nike. Yeah. Nike. They trust the tiger after all the mists of everything. They just explained for our listeners. Nike said, we'll sponsor you. Yeah. Got it. And then they won. wanted this, it. um, there's an ad out there that Nike put on right after the masters. It just kind of goes through tiger's life and some mishaps and everything. And, you know, the end just their slogan. Just do it. Right. I mean, that's what tiger did. He just did it. But yeah, but again, when I brought this, when I wanted to talk about the Masters, I didn't really want to talk about the numbers and the golf and everything, partially because I'm not an expert on it, and partially because I think it was significant to show why this comeback is so important, yeah, to so many people, including myself Mhm, and I'm not a big golf man. I don't really follow golf as much um and I couldn't yeah, I couldn't just ignore
0: it not to remind, but me, you or the common folk who end up like briefly hearing about golf every now and then. No Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. There's not a way you don't.
1: Yes, yes. I feel like if you put one person under that golf umbrella that anyone will know as a golf player, it's Tiger Woods.
0: Tiger Woods, and I know like one other person, Roy Mm McIlroy. Those are the two big ones that I know
1: of off the top of my head. But But Tiger, I've known forever. mm -hmm, Tiger Woods, I grew up with Tiger Woods. Yeah. That's what it is. But anyways as i still keep coughing excuse me <laughs> apologies i'm sorry this episode I'm, s- I'm trying to have him not die here but it I'm, just
0: keeps happening i'm sorry
1: this episode sucks <laughs> but uh what are you talking about
0: don't put it down gonna, yet. Uh, we're going
1: we're going to move on to our third topic of the day um so with, with with tiger woods um i don't know if the man's been to Coachella before any any <laughs> i don't know i i don't know someone tell me if he has uh, or not weak. <laughs> but <laughs> Coachella is back. Oh, God. Uh, Many yes. of you folks know that. I know that. Justin knows that. And it looks like Justin's going to give us the uh, scoops of the happenings of weekend numero number uno of Coachella.
0: Yep, yep. So,
1: and no, that was not a weak transition. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you your word for it, because you're a dying man, and I really don't want to, like, disrespect the dead here. <laughs> he says, casually taking a sip of an orange mug in anger. <laughs> He slams the orange mug. <laughs> all right. Anyways, Coachella, let's do this. <laughs> all right. Enough narrating about Hikaru and i's, Uh, background scenes. You can just watch that all on Facebook Live. Woo-woo! Shameless plug. Anyway, yeah, Coachella. So it's starting to become festival season once more, and Coachella uh, remember is- remember
1: that- what, what was that festival? That was a horrible last year? That was a scam? I forgot. Uh, which one? fire festival? Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah. Fire festival has a ton of documentaries and stuff about yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot somehow. I forgot
1: about the name. Yeah, even, but anyways, <laughs>
0: I don't know if you saw. I'm gonna go on a quick tangent here. There's a there's a venue called Twenty Monroe Live out in Michigan here. Uh-huh. Uh They're having a fire festival, which is P H Y R E, <laughs> and they're gonna Why? have a ton. Of, they're gonna have a ton of local acts, I think, on there. That's I, gonna be a that's gonna be a bomb. Too. I, I saw it sponsored <clears throat> over here. It's gonna be hilarious, but yes, oh. Festival season is back in action. We see we are seeing a ton of festival announcements coming on up. Uh, Sonic Temple, which is one I'm personally going to, is going to be coming up uh, next month here for me. So I'm very, nice like next month to the day. So I'm very excited to head on out. May for
1: that. 17th is party time, boys and Justin. Dang right, dang right. We uh, so
0: I'll be going to that with a couple of my friends. Big Rock Festival. Um, Lollapalooza just got announced for the lineup today. Uh, and Coachella has just started getting underway. Uh, so what's Coachella looking like this week? So Coachella is so looking pretty good so far. Uh, nowhere near the extreme, like, event-breaking stuff that happened. But there are a ton of highlights that we're going to be covering here. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Coachella is a mu- uh, Coachella Valley. It's uh, music and Arts Festival there out in Coachella Valley in Indio, California, uh, which is basically just like a huge desert at that point. Well, it's uh,
1: California and, you know, middle of nowhere California. Of course, if it's, if it's middle of nowhere California, it's a desert. You kind of. <laughs> you know, if it's the middle of nowhere anywhere in the west, it's just a desert.
0: Well, that kind of logic, anywhere can be a desert at that point if well, nothing exists. If you go to Michigan
1: in the middle of nowhere, it's not a desert. It's like a terrain with some grass.
0: Fair, but middle of nowhere. And some redneck like...
1: people chilling out.
0: <laughs> Why is it going to be redneck?
1: <laughs> is ah! that just where they are? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll find you there. No. no. <laughs> not at all. Oh, God.
0: Anyways. Uh, maybe camping. Uh, but... Uh, oh, boy. Weekend one ended up running this past weekend here, April 12th through the 14th, and it wrapped up with a bunch of highlights that we're going to go into. Weekend two, I think, is coming up this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I'd uh, I need to look that up a little bit later on. But... Couple of highlights are gonna be going over here for Coachella. Uh starting off with the big one, um Ariana Grande had InSync join him on her headlining set for Coachella. I did hear about that. I yeah. did hear about that. <laughs> it Sunday night, April 14th ended up having the pop star. Ariana Grande, and the boy band And I think I was Insane. fan
1: pointing about it, too.
0: Yeah, I, everyone would if they listened to Bye 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 127 times. Bye,
1: bye, 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 <laughs> bye. I freaking love sick yeah. man.
0: She threw up a couple of tweez- tweets. Uh, tweezers? I, tweet teasers, yes. I Tweezers. She threw up a couple of tweezers out on her social media pages here. Um, and I guess the night ended up going as Ariana Grande ended up gracing the main stage Saying thank you next with a thing, saying one of the first verses off of one of her thank you next songs, which was her latest album mm-hmm. with uh, break up with your girlfriend, I'm bored, which is a very hilarious title to me. Uh,
1: <laughs> I think it's relatable to you,
0: is it? <laughs> is it? I want an explanation, Ikaro.
1: The awkward silence is our explanation. Continue, <laughs> is it? Yes, continue,
0: <laughs> but. As predicted from the tweets and everything else, NSYNC ended up reuniting, minus Justin Timberlake. uh, So Joey Fatone and everyone was on there. Come on, where was Justin?
1: Uh, Justin Timberlake's been doing his own thing. Uh, Well, I know he's doing his own thing, but come on. If NSYNC (coughs) is... Oh, jeez. If I'm not dying and if NSYNC is actually reuniting with Grande for a moment there... Timberlake, I don't care what you're doing. Show up. Well, Justin Timberlake's not really been super in on to...
0: Any of these insync reunions. I know
1: and that's why I'm, I'm kind of frustrated to that. Honestly. Yeah,
0: I, I think a lot of fans from like the '90s era ended up not liking that fact, <laughs> but fair, fair. But to be fair, it was a really good performance on Insync's part, and they ended up doing a huge rendition of uh, tearing up my heart, which is I, uh, which was apparently jam-packed, and it ended up going really well. For them. So that was a huge highlight coming on out of that for them. Big collaboration team up there. Another highlight ended up being that uh Billie Eilish finally got to meet Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> about time. Yeah, right. Uh Billie Eilish, this was her first Coachella set out of the light of her recent album, When We All Fall Asleep. When do we Where Do We Go? Uh she performed on day two of the first weekend. And uh, apparently had a bunch of technical difficulties happening during the time. Like, it took 30 minutes to end up getting everything together. Really? And this was 30 minutes past when she was supposed to perform. But she's also one of the youngest ones who ended up performing on the Coachella set, minus, like, Mason Ramsey. Wow. <laughs> uh, She is 17 right whoa, now. Whoa, whoa. She is 17 and fresh off a number one album. <laughs>
1: I and me still dying. Yeah, she, he is as surprised as I am. I'm still gentlemen. dying, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. Uh, I sh- I really need to go take meds <laughs> after this. Anyways, but it's such a
0: it's a huge thing for her too. Because again, she's ended up taking, I believe, one of Cardi B's records mm-hmm. uh, recently. Um, I remember reading from a little while ago with her new album being at the num at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. She's had most, if not all, of her songs chart within the top 10. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bad Guys, one of her latest singles out there, and that's, I'm pretty sure, one of the top ones right now, mm-hmm. probably top five. I haven't really looked at the Billboard charts yet right now, but she ended up taking that record from Cardi B, who, on her Invasion of Privacy album, had almost all of her songs go into uh, the top tier, top tier, of- top 10 stuff. But Billie Eilish outlasted her by one week, maybe more now. Comparative, okay. So that record being taken from there, there's a lot. Well, there was a lot riding on her first Coachella set, and it showed. She had the visuals to go through with. Uh, for those of you who are fans of like American Horror Story, it was described as being American Horror Story esque in mm-hmm. terms of the visuals. Uh, a floating bed. Uh, guest appearances by Vince Staples. Um, oh, she went there? all out. Yeah, she, all out. And can you blame her?
1: True, That's you sep- got to make a statement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and again, like I said, rolling on into this, she met Justin Bieber finally at Coachella, Aww. which was apparently one of her biggest dreams on
1: there as well. I think. Come was- on, Justin, you gotta you. You're telling me this this girl's rising, and you didn't go meet her till Coachella? Come on. Well, I mean, the rise that happened so suddenly at that point because she was only 16 when the first one well i know but i'm saying you know there's still time but okay whatever fair anyways, <laughs> anyways that was my quick uh justin bieber hi <laughs> moment of that the was day. Like, justin bieber please it um, yeah <laughs> a
0: couple of other performances ended up coming up with uh janella monet uh who ended up performing over that way who called Liz- lizzo and Tiara Wack on to join her on stage for a dance break during I Got the Juice. Nice. Uh, we had Kid Cuddy coming on up. Lucky. One of her near, after the headliner, Tommy Impala, mm-hmm. uh, fellow Impact artist, I believe, on there, uh, who was on Saturday just to come on up and perform, performed Pursuit of Happiness, one of his biggest songs. Uh, Weezer ended up performing a lot of their Teal album Good for Weezer. Which, I I did not like that album. <laughs> it was not great. But, for those of you who are unfamiliar, the Teal album. So, Weezer names all of their albums based on the color. Uh, so, their first album was con- a self-titled called Weezer. But once they released their second album, their follow-up album, it ended up being renamed to Weezer Blue Album, and then Weezer Green Album, and then so on and so forth. They had a Red Album. They had... Uh, obviously a teal album now as of 2018 and or 2019, 2019. Here,
1: my bad. Getting Dude, there. we're four months
0: in. Come on, look, the Africa cover feels like so long
1: do, ago. Do, 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 do,
0: but the teal album is basically a cover album for them. It's all different songs that they decided to end up doing. I anywhere from Africa by Toto to Take on Me by
1: <laughs> Love. Take on me. It's a bit, it's a good
0: song. I think. No rendition, however, no cover would end up touching the original, except
1: for the one in and Deadpool the music. Two and,
0: and Deadpool Two had a piano rendition of "Take On
1: Me." Okay, no, 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 no. Uh, I thought I thought you said Temple Two for a second. I'm like, what? No, what is Temple Two? I have no clue what Temple Two. Is. <laughs> Deadpool Two. Uh, De- oh my gosh. There you go. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Deadpool Two. Yes, I love that version of it. But hey, you can't beat the original "Take On Me" music video, though. <laughs>
0: No, you can't. You can't beat the original take on me music video. But that, that you can't. But Weezer ended up surprising the crowd with the Teal album on Saturday, April thirteenth, by bringing out some of the acts responsible for the hits from the album. Uh, they brought out the English rockers Tears for Fears to join them on "Everybody Wants to Rule the World," and uh, TLC's Chili. Ended up joining them for No Scrubs, which was another cover
1: on there. Oh, my goodness.
0: And one of the final highlights ended up being uh, a childish Gambino who performed that night on uh, Friday, April 12th, uh, who ended up doing a bunch of nonstop hits. Everyone was loving his stuff. But then he slowed down the set and is like, I get nervous in front of large crowds, quote. So I usually smoke before the show. (laughs) And he proceeded to light a blunt on stage. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. And then jumped into the crowd to offer it to a member of the
1: crowd. The, however. What's the California smoking law though? I don't know, but. let's Co- Coachella, yeah. I guess. But hey, Childish Gambino, I respect you for doing what <laughs> he, Childish Gambino would do. He lit one up and then jumped into the crowd, made
0: sure to ask whoever he stopped for their ID just to make sure oh they were my legal gosh. smoking age. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> and then
0: gave them the blunt.
1: That's hilarious. He's like. <laughs> Wait, wait! How old are you? Let me see you. Okay, I love this man. <laughs> I love Childish, dude. That's why I love Childish Gambino. <laughs> He's such a good
0: I guy. Mean, I
1: mean, you know, outside of the great music, dude. Yeah.
0: That's triple, quadruple threat at dude, this point. Gambino just made singer, director because he directed yeah, Atlanta. He did. Uh, he did Atlanta, and he had a movie premiere at Coachella uh, that starred him and Rihanna. Huh. I think who Rihanna also has had a couple of acting jobs herself, unfortunately, in some very bad movies like Valerian and Battleship. <laughs> if you remember Battleship. Oh, goodness. She was in Battleship. Look it up. I promise.
1: <laughs> she was not in Battleship.
0: Oh, she was. Oh, she was. But there. those were some of the highlights from Coachella there. Everyone's enjoying themselves. Hey, hey, Rihanna weird... was also
1: in Ocean's 8. Oh, she was. Yes. When was Oceans 8 again? Was that last year? Oh, that was last year? That was the uh, female rendition makeup. Oh my gosh, my voice. Oh yeah, that <sighs> didn't get reviewed very well, did it? It didn't get reviewed very well, but it was a continuation of like a
0: really big no, franchise. No, it's, it's
1: because it's because okay. Again, because of Rihanna. We're going to go into this ta- tangent. Okay. Ocean Series 11, 12, 13, right? And then they decided to do a female reboot of it with Oceans 8. Okay. 8 guys, they, they uh yeah. uh they robbed jewels from the Met Gala. Okay. Uh, long story short, but um, yeah, um, Rihanna was in it, and I liked her acting.
0: Yeah, she's she's a phenomenal actor. It's just I don't feel like a lot of actress. the actress. Actress, my bad. I I know some people are gonna be freaking out. I was like, oh my but god, but
1: she was you not in. Actors? She was not in Battleship. She was. Look it up. I promise I am you, she at, was in Battleship. I'm looking up Battleship uh, cast. Oh my gosh! Told you. <laughs> oh my god. I know my movies, and I know my music,
0: and Rihanna um, was in Battleship.
1: Dang it. And it was unfortunate. But then again, who remembers Battleship? So. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
0: <laughs> that's where we're going to wrap up the Coachella highlights. We're going to talk about more highlights once Weekend 2 starts rolling around, so stay tuned to the chant if you want to hear about some of the favorites. Or I believe Coachella is live streaming a lot of the performances now off of YouTube, so if you have a few moments, feel free to check that out. But uh, that's where I'm gonna leave that. We're gonna get into some MSU soccer now. Yes, I, uh, I know
1: it's an interesting One ap-
0: celebration to another. I know, nice. Okay. I know it was uh,
1: it's an interesting approach to t- touching Michigan State stuff. Second, the reason why I did it because the it's Masters soccer. was, okay. <laughs> the Masters was last weekend on Sunday, and this game occurred. Yesterday, when we're recording it, on Tuesday, April 16th, MSU Men's Soccer against Lansing Ignite Football Club at Cooley Law School Stadium for the inaugural Capital Cup on Tuesday, April 16th. Kickoff was, I believe, delayed by 5 minutes to 7.05 p.m. last night. Uh, Similar to Michigan State Baseball and Lansing Lugnuts Crosstown Showdown they do every year um, at Cooley Law School Stadium. Cooley Law School Stadium is the home to the Lansing Lugnuts and now the newly formed Lansing Ignite Football Club. Um, <clears throat> again, excuse me. All day long, excuse me. Yeah, I've been
0: me. hearing a lot of buzz about the ignite.
1: Moving on, Lansing oh, no. Ignite Football Club is a member of the USL League One and Tier Three of the soccer period uh, pyramid. So the USL also has a USL Premier League, and on top yeah. of that, they have. Then it goes MLS. Um, Spartans fall short to ignite four zero on the night. The final was four zero after full time of ninety minutes. They did do uh, stoppage time in the first half, about three minutes or so. Second half, they did opt out to not do it because it was a 4-0 game and it was a friendly game. Yeah. Uh, Ignite shot the game winner in the 28th minute. Pato botello Foz gave the Ignite the 1-0 lead after the Spartans turned the ball over deep in their own territory, and Pato-Faz just drilled it into the back of the net, right in front of uh, the Ignite faithful, a.k.a. the assembly line, Ooh. their official uh, supporters group. um. It's kind of like okay. uh, the Northern Guard is for Detroit City Football Club.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: That type of stuff. Um, in the 41st minute, however, Spartans came from a corner kick from sophomore Michael Miller. It almost, it was so close, <laughs> almost. found the head of the freshman for Farai Mutatu. LIFC came up with the block and took the Spartan opportunity away from them. This was the closest opportunity in the first half, not the closest opportunity in the game yet.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Now, moving on to perhaps the best opportunity in the 71st minute, so now we're heading into the second half of the game when freshman forward Julian Aurora drilled one straight to LIFC's goalkeeper, Isaiah. Hmm. Listen to this. Hand spike. How perf- Hand spike. That's really? his last name. How perfect is that? And he literally <laughs> spiked the ball out-, out of harm's way. Oh, the irony reeks. <laughs> it's now, amazing. Now, despite this, um, Ignite continued to grab a trio of goals, three more goals to seal the deal for final of four to zip. Um, there was some silverware given at the end of the uh, game mm-hmm. to the winner, which obviously was the Lansing Ignite. Yes. Um, and it was interesting. They were celebrating like they just won like a big championship or something. It wasn't as humble as I expected it to be. Considering the fact that they are a professional team and Michigan State is a collegiate division one team playing in the Big Ten conference Yes, you do have people yeah. yes, you do have players that are MLS caliber, but you're also looking at a team that lost six of the starters on the, all, during the offseason, three yeah. of them who went to MLS and playing in some sort of tier in MLS right now as we speak hmm. so it's pretty interesting.
0: so this isn't a new league for the ignite
1: no it's so they joined the USL.
0: Oh, so Correct. this is their first time. Lancy since Ignite the USL. FC,
1: I believe, was a MPSL team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, um, um, but they were, they were a, uh, they were a team already. <clears throat> yeah, I I figured as
0: much. I didn't think they were like a brand new team at that point because you had that Cooley Law Stadium over that way that's been well that's, built for quite that, some well, time. Cool, cool, well,
1: had. Cooley Law School Stadium is a baseball field, and that's one thing I want to talk about. Um,
0: um, yeah, I, th- I, but I thought that's where they've had a lot of their games at over the years. Or am I mistaken? As in, what, as in, like Lance Ignite ends up practicing there instead of like a different field. Is there somewhere that they play more often than the cool? No, Ignite used, to, Ignite
1: used to. Ignite used to. I believe. Um, Ignite used to play uh, in a different league. In stadiums, I believe. Um, okay, but um, and correct me if I'm wrong, folks. Um, but um, yeah, but basically, Lansing Ignite now is uh back at uh, Cooley uh, or I should say they're playing at Cooley Law School Stadium now after they signed uh that entire, you know, yeah, g- agreement or I should say contract, um, in that case. But yes, um. But, yeah, I mean, um, they are the professional soccer team in Lansing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But some takeaways from this game for me. Number one, Spartans lost to some injuries. The biggest one being Will Perkins. Major loss in this one. He went down with an injury early on in the game. No yeah. official word. I think it was something in the leg area. No word from the team yet. Only This is only speculation and what's what we're talking about. Not going to go further than that. But Will Perkins did not return for the game as he went down early for a rough fall. Will Perkins, again, a uh, phenomenal player in the backfield uh, for uh, Michigan State. Yeah. So, yeah, instead of Perkins, when Perkins uh, went down, uh, Colton Stanley came into his uh, place in that uh, center back position. Mm-hmm. Stanley, this shows some good um, looks for himself, um, but definitely uh, Will Perkins is a big guy to keep an eye on moving forward to sp- uh, a couple more spring games and then looking into the fall. Hopefully it's nothing major. Yeah. Again, no official word from the team as of yet, as of April 17th at 3.11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> now.
0: Really dating ourselves on that one. Two
1: players played aggressively, or I should say two teams played aggressively and even got chippy towards the end of the game. It got really chippy towards it. They were chippy. Yes.
0: What do you mean by Chippy?
1: Chippy as in they're really kind of going back at it to each other, kind of playing like oh. more aggressive mm. than they need to. Okay. You know, following each other, aggressive tackles. No, it so you big. mean like
0: chip on the shoulder or something to prove type thing.
1: No, it's just Chippy. It's just a way to explain aggressive play that's unnecessary per se. a word? Yes, Chippy.
0: Oh, hold on.
1: Well, it's not a. I don't know if it's a real word or not. It's a. It's a terminology a lot of broadcasters use. Oh, all right. And I, um, I,
0: either, and it's just
1: a thing I never heard not about not, it not, before. Yeah, it's it's reporters use. It's it's uh, yeah. People. Yeah. See, look at that chippy. Uh,
0: if it was a noun in Br- in Britain, it would be a fish and chip shop. No, oh, but an uh, adjective, it's touchy and defensive, especially on account of having a grievance or a
1: sense of inferiority. In case you didn't know what chippy meant,
0: or rough and belligerent. Uh, in terms of
1: ice, like, there a nice go. hockey game. And and, and and honestly, I was surprised how chippy got to the end, especially when Lansing Ignite was up and they were going to win. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go into the informal set of. The, and this it's definition. it's and it's a it's a preseason game. It's a friendly. You don't. There were so many players going down, and part of it is because mm, I see. Part yeah. of it was because of the I should say part, if not a lot of it, was because of the playing field, which we'll get into in a second. Um, number two, Spartans got what it takes. Same setup, different personnel. Yeah. Hear me out. The loss of Jimmy Haig, DeJuan Jones, and Ryan Siracos to the MLS was huge this year when they went to the Combine and eventually got drafted. Um, all three already getting time in MLS in their respective clubs. Rest your sophomore Hunter Morris now had to step up for Jimmy Haig in goalkeeping. He should be the new starting goalkeeper moving on. Go- good looks by Morris uh, early on. Wingspan well, Good eyes on the ball. Making some vital saves out in the field. He did uh, let a couple goals in. But regardless or excuse me i believe Morris let one goal in yeah but, something like that um regardless um i think with with how he played against a professional team i think he's going to be um pretty solid on for uh, michigan state now yeah. obviously isaiah hanspike came in uh or excuse me that's uh for uh, ignite um my my apologies there for michigan state um or excuse me, yeah, that's that is Isaiah. Okay, I keep going back and forth between these two. <laughs> Isaiah Adam's. Hanspike, like they come in from uh for Michigan State, um, and um, and he did some jobs uh, in the uh, field as well. Um, uh, with, but with Ryan Sterkowski gone, moving on forward, a forward gone, Giuseppe Baroni the senior will take over duties with free kicks as a primary kicker. Uh, Ryan Sterkowski doing a great job right around the perimeter of the eight the eighteen box, um, all around. Uh, but with Baroni, he does tend to get to know under the ball a little bit, go over the crossbar often. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the approach that the team may should be going with, perhaps, is um, crosses with a header inside the box per, per se instead of Ryan Cierkowski's direct attempts that he was known to do. Yeah, uh, but something to mess around with the team. But regardless, Baroni will be taking Giuseppe Baroni will be taking over uh, that duty this year as the uh, the primary free kick uh, taker um a senior from granville michigan uh, and then finally dewan jones attack is missing from the team which is big dewan jones was huge uh, on the field last year this is basically going to be made up by a multitude of people uh including baroni uh shreddenberg alex uh alex shreddenberg um who is a rest sophomore didn't play too much last year we'll get more playing time now that uh Duan Joes is gone and in support from the wings from Farai Mutatu and Michael Miller will be the key as well from the midfield. And then as well as in um, all the way in the back, in the back line, Michigan State's known to push up their back line from the line. So you we were talking about uh, pa- Patrick Nielsen and Olu Ogunwale from Patrick Nielsen from the left. Ogun- Ogunwale from the right. It'll primarily be Patrick Nielsen from the left if he does make the overlap down the line. um. Patrick Nielsen did make those moves a couple of times to go out, got, I believe a shot or two off, nothing on yeah. target, but uh, Patrick Nielsen expect that from Michigan state as well. Moving on to this, uh, moving on to this season. Um, just because, um, uh, that's what Michigan state is known to do. And they're going to continue doing that. I was very surprised when I first came to Michigan state in the fall to see that they were pushing up from the wings, yeah, especially from the back. It makes sense to push up from the wings from the mid, but they were pushing up all the way from the back and just literally overlapping and pushing everyone forward. Um, but it works for Michigan State, as Michigan State did make it all the way to the College Cup, a.k.a. the Final Four. Um, <laughs> the Final the, Four of soccer. Though. Correct. That's why it's, it's called the that College makes Cup. That sense. Yep. Um, now, learn thing think that's a takeaway from this. This is not Michigan State takeaway, per se, um, but just general, you know, Cooley Law School Stadium. Yeah. Takeaway.
0: So what I, made them go to that stadium, then, for this game?
1: Because there is no other stadiums in Lansing. Okay. That is the home of Lansing Ignite.
0: Okay, so I was right earlier.
1: Well, that is the home of Lansing after they were formed. They were formed. This, uh, the team is now in the USL this year. Okay. So, yeah. um, but, um, <coughs> again, dying. <laughs> um, my third totally- thing, my issue with that, and I think the reason why there were so many injuries from both sides, I think there was like six at the end that people had to come off for, even if there were minor injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bad pitch.
0: Bad pitch, you say?
1: Yeah, the bad pitch, the bad field condition. Okay. Um, because, uh, they have to put down sod mm-hmm. where you know normally would be the infield. Yeah. Since they play in the outfield, it was a really interesting setup. They play yeah, in the outfield. Cooley Law Stadium is called Cooley Law School Stadium.
0: Cooley Law School Stadium. Cooley
1: Law School Stadium is, is was stilled. built. No, was built. Then to, and still the home of the Lansing Lugnuts. Yeah. So therefore, it is a baseball stadium. The Lansing Ignite approached them to bring professional soccer to uh, Lansing. Perhaps a good idea, so far from what I see, I don't want to say it and sound super critical or anything, but I was able to go on the field afterwards to do um, conduct some interviews. Yeah. Um, during that time, I was able to step on the field, and this was after the game, and the sod was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. And you're coming from a guy who's barely played soccer. And my experience of soccer comes from, you know, playing around with my brother and watching my brother play soccer through, uh, you know, from elementary school all the way to high school. um, And being on those pitches as well. I'm telling you, my high school pitch, my Novi high school pitch and that grounds crew, that was a better field than the field that was out there with all the sod because the sod was pulling up. Yeah. Um, And it was it was dangerous
0: yeah and i would assume it was like that cuz they probably had to just place it down quickly and, and then also have well, to actually to remove takes, it for the lancing lug nuts
1: it takes 4 days actually
0: 4 days to have that sort four of 4 days go to do there. the transition
1: between baseball and soccer 4 days which is a ridiculously long amount of time
0: yeah but that same transition still has to happen because both teams are participating out of that area right correct Are there any plans in the future to make a new stadium for the Ignite?
1: Why would they? Why would they? Lansing Ignite. They said they sold three thousand three hundred tickets or something like that. I can guarantee you there was less people there. There was less people there, and the Ignite or the uh, Lugnuts. There are a double A or I believe a single A affiliate of um the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh really? They are the yes. They are the single A affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays farm system. Oh wow! So to begin with, there's already less seats there, which I've been to Lugnuts games and they fill them pretty well for Lugnuts games. Surprisingly, there are fans of Lugnuts, which I, I I'm always happy to see. But that it was scarce. It was scarce, yeah. and yes, part of it is because it is, um you know, between you know, friendly between Michigan State and uh the Ignite. I think part of it's also because it's it was just scarce and, you know, there there wasn't that atmosphere that you would get per se at DCFC, Detroit City football club. Yeah. I went to one of their games over the summer last year, seven thousand plus people easily sold out tickets. I mean it was ridiculous the amount of people. And this is at uh Hamitrack, right? At Keyworth Stadium, which is part of the Hamitrack Public School system and you they mean Hamtramck? Hamtramck, a- yes. Okay. Okay, I can't talk.
0: It's, it's okay. I, I think you're probably pronouncing it right. It's just I've never heard it pronounced it that way.
1: I think it's Hamtramck. I don't know. You folks know It's one thing. of the two. I just want to make that clarification. But, but anyways, anyways, at Keyworth Stadium, and I've been there before, 7,000-plus um, fans on a regular basis. Yeah. And we're talking about a team that's down one tier, not even in the USL. So they're in the MPSL. The National oh. Premier uh, Soccer League, which uh, is, is an amateur league made up of <clears throat> college, mostly college players on loan, including a few Spartans here and there. Um, there's an article on impact89fm.org slash sports. Ian Gilmore, our men's soccer beat reporter, wrote the, uh, uh, the special relationship between DCFC and uh, Michigan State, feel free to check that out if you would like for more information. Yeah. But, um, their pitch—they just got new turf, and we're talking about a D, def- or we're talking about you know, an amateur club that's a lower tier than Lansing. And yes, yes, granted, Lansing just did get their start and everything. Yeah, but the fact that they're playing at a baseball stadium just, just something about it.
0: Yeah, you can't you, know? you can't expect a whole lot of people to.
1: And the views are horrific. Well. Are horrific. I was in the press box, and it it's by far the worst view I've had.
0: Yeah, because you're playing in a field that's normally built for correct baseball. So it's a, where a lot of the action it's, is it's, on the ground, it's, but it's also in the air.
1: It's miserable. For. It's it's miserable yeah. for media. Um, the fans. Half of the seats are not even close to the pitch. Yeah. You know. And, yes, you're paying cheap tickets, but still.
0: Yeah, but you have to be able to see the game.
1: Correct. In and, some fashion. And the only spot that had decent seating was behind what would be the dugout down the third baseline. Right? Yeah. Right above the goal. Um, But, again, my biggest thing was the pitch. I was It was wearing and tearing throughout, and the gap, the gap that they had between – the actual base, uh, the baseball field itself, and then when they put the saw down, that's so easy of a, tr- uh, of an issue to trip on. It is so dangerous. So
0: yeah, so dangerous.
1: Right. Um, or at least it doesn't sound great. It it's 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 not. Um, now the Lansing Ignite before this already played uh, a league game, um, at home. Yeah. And. According to some reports that I've heard, not confirmed, but what I've heard, when they played against the Richmond Kickers and they beat them three to one, the the opponents were apparently um saying that the field the coach was literally waving his arm around with how bad the pitch was. <coughs> because it's you're playing soccer in a baseball stadium. And granted, you'll look at the Oakland A's or the Oakland Athletics and the A's, right? Yeah. And or excuse me, the Oakland Athletics and the Oakland Raiders. My apologies. I don't know why I said the the Athletics and the Raiders in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And how they flip that from football to um, baseball within a period of twenty hours, if at the fastest, which is a ridiculous time, instead of four days. Yeah. They literally created the stadium to be able to do that. They have like their mounds, like literally come up, right? Jeez. Oh, and there's like a ton of crew on it. So if you want to do it that way, you got to make it safe. Because the question became, how do you make a safe football field and a baseball field, right? Yeah. Which is kind of the similar thing with soccer and baseball. You can't just slap sod down and call it a day.
0: No, because it's not the same stadium in theory. And, and it's I think not for
1: how that works. And for, I think for Lansing Ignite, they have to improve that yeah, and make it safer for their players. And how do you make it safer for their players?
0: Not only for their players, but any other player who decides to come on up and take on Lansing Ignite.
1: Exactly. And how do you make it safer is you put more R&D into that. How yeah. do you put R&D into that? Well, you need to raise money somehow. How do you do that? Get perhaps your supporter group to help out. The assembly line, yeah. as they call it, to get them herself out, just about.
0: to make sure that sod isn't coming back Correct. On, up at all, and
1: it, it is coming up, and that's what's dangerous about it. Yeah, um, it's it's to me. After I saw it, I know I've heard reports about it, but after I saw it, I was so surprised that the USL actually cleared them. Really, they cleared them? Like, well, because they have to clear them. They have to clear every team with their pitching. Yeah, right with their home. Like they have to. There's certain requirements. They have to be fit. One of them, for sure, is obviously the field conditions. And it got cleared. Well, they wouldn't be on playing. on those conditions. Well, they wouldn't be playing a USL if they weren't. Are you telling me that Jeez. none of these games happened?
0: No, I'm not saying none of those games happened. Well, it's just because how does that go? How does
1: that go unquestioned? At that point, it it was probably questioned. But what what I'm surprised about is whoever, because there there had to be. I'm I'm thinking there had to be some sort of process. Right,
0: yeah, something the to...
1: the field condition can't be, you know, it can't just be gravel. No, right, no. It so cannot. no one can play on gravel. So I was just surprised after seeing it. I had literally crappy shoes on, and I was just tugging at it a little bit on the field, and the saw started coming up, and it's just dangerous. And the gap, I was just jogging a little bit, easily able to clip your uh cleats in there. Jeez, it it was just a dangerous situation, and I had to put it up there. Um, because I don't think it's safe. Anyway, yeah. ultimately, ultimately, your number one goal as a franchise, your number one goal as a coach and your number one goal as an organization is player safety.
0: 100 percent, 100 percent,
1: is player safety. And I can guarantee you that that is one of, if not, the most dangerous pitch to play including including youngsters, including yeah you know those tiny t- fields you know in different cities, right that those you know youth club programs play in, yeah because I have never seen a field that bad in my and that's why I was so surprised and I had to talk about it, even yeah. though even though it may not be the greatest thing in the world, I had to talk about it yes, I love. The idea of having a professional soccer team in Lansing. I love it. Yeah, and it's a fantastic idea. But you have to. The conditions have to be You have to improve the conditions. I'm sorry, but you have to improve the conditions. I was even on for a bit, and I was, from what I saw from the press box, I didn't think it was as bad. Going down to the field, that was a different story. Mm -hmm. And that's the conditions they're playing in. And we're talking about the near side of the field. So if you're going from yeah. left to right, that's your right wingers. Your right to left, it's your left wingers. Which means if it's affecting your entire team, yeah, it I sounds think like that's something dangerous. I think that's something the that USL needs to look into, and I think that the Lansing Ignites and organizations needs to find a better solution for it. And if that means working with Cooley Law School facilities and figuring out a way to do so, or changing stadiums, whatever it may be. Because at this point right now, I can confirm to you that that pitch is dangerous. There's no way in the world you would see six injuries in a friendly game if it wasn't for a dangerous pitch. I'm just saying I'm just stating yeah. the facts out there. I'm supporting my opinion with the facts out there, and that's what I think. It's my personal opinion. With that being said, though, with that being said, Michigan State will be moving on. With their spring schedule. They got two more coming up. Yeah, two more. Saturday, Saturday, April 20th, which is this Saturday, day before Easter, 5 p.m. against Detroit City Football Club. Now, this is interesting to me because Detroit City now has uh, two teams, technically. They have the Founders' Cup team, which is their professional team, and then they have their MPSL team, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming they're playing their amateur team, but it makes it interesting because there are, again, three Spartans that are alone to DCFC. Oh. Therefore, do they play for Michigan State or do they play for DCFC? Now, my assumption, and Ian Gilmore's assumption when I was talking to him about it yesterday, yeah. is that they'll be playing for Michigan State because they're on loan. They're still playing for Michigan State season, but it just makes it interesting because yeah, now all does. of a sudden they're you know playing a friendly against what will be their own team over the summertime. Yeah, that's um, an
0: interesting case. I and, wonder who they would uh, go to at that point.
1: And that'll take place at the PAL Complex complex in Detroit, Michigan. If you don't know what the PAL Complex is, that is where Tigers Stadium used to stand.
0: Oh yeah,
1: correct. That's where Tigers Stadium used to stand.
0: Yeah, old Tiger Stadium. Correct. Not Comerica Park, not Comerica old Park, Tiger folks. Stadium. Old
1: Tiger Stadium used to stand. They made that a PAL Complex, so they'll be playing at where Old Tiger Stadium used to stand. That's pretty significant and historical, if you say me. Heart of downtown. That should be a good one for both uh organization or both teams, yeah. I would say. And finally, they're going to wrap up their spring schedule on Sunday, April 28th at 6 p.m. against the Mexico U-20 team, the under-20 oh. team. That should be a good one, fairly good matchup, good experience for both of those squads. And for Mexico's U-20 under team, nice experience coming all the way up to Michigan.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, That'll be at DeMar Stadium back here in East Lansing, in Michigan. Changing
0: weather at that point. <laughs> Correct. And that'll be
1: on Sunday, April 28th, yeah. which will be the last Sunday for many of Spartans' On campus, as we get ready to depart, I think I finalized my plans to move out. I think it's gonna be Thursday, May second, for myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we got a couple more episodes of Chant left before we had summer time. We're still trying to figure out the logistics of that.
0: Yep, we're still background trying to talk about that somehow,
1: some way, for the time being. For the time being, <clears throat> but anywho, that was my little soccer talk, and I guess you could say a rant per se, but. <laughs>
0: Well At, it's a very it's a very well needed rant. I mean, if the conditions aren't up to stuff, the players aren't gonna
1: be able to do That's what I'm saying. Well and, uh, and and Justin and I our initial takeaway was a celebration, but I don't know if that's a celebration when the pitch is dangerous. I
0: don't know. Yeah, I d I don't know what to celebrate there I, is but Justin everything and I else were, was a celebration. Everything
1: else is a celebration. First we start with uh we start with Brock Hampton, um, navigates breakup rumors that turns out to be not true from Kevin Astrak, yep. which is Pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Then you move on to the Masters. Tiger Woods comeback—that's obviously a great feat. Um, and then Coachella. Who doesn't like Coachella? Exactly. And all basically And, one and huge we're staying out of. It looks like we're staying out of drama for the most part. This Coachella, which is great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. it's always great to so say. Far. And of course, the MSU men's soccer team against Lansing Ignite Football Club, the inaugural Capital Club. I think that's a great thing that those two organizations are doing. But if I have one comment on it, it's to fix their. Field, field <laughs> conditions, and make it more safer for their players. Absolutely. Um, and I'm stressing this, and I'm hoping that maybe this will make some sort of impact. Because even when I went on there, <laughs> impact. Ha! When I when even when I went on the field, it was just, it was a dangerous situation. Yeah. Um, again, but it's a celebration regardless. <laughs> but the celebration regardless. Real quickly at the very end before we wrap up, Justin, we'll start with you. Quick, shameless Say- plug time.
0: Kinda... <laughs> I had to get it out once. All right. Shameless plug time. Let's shameless plug time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get down to the bottom of it. I have a radio shift here on the impact 89 FM every Friday, six to 8 PM. You can also listen to me sing with some sweet, beautiful vocals on from my band, to campfires. You can find Woo! us on Spotify, Apple music, uh, Google play. If you use that like myself and it's not weird. Hikaru. <laughs> you can find us everywhere on those streaming services and more. Title and all that gets added, all the time. Uh, and yeah, that I, I don't know what else to plug really. So it's all up right, to you. For Hikaru. myself,
1: for myself, I will start with my personal personal Twitter at hikarukudo1 h i k a r u k u d o one. I do have a new article out there that just published uh, yesterday, I believe. Ooh. Uh, Formula One recap. Didn't talk about it this week, but Formula One recap. Um Hamilton wins in China and then my thoughts on Red and Bull Honda. And while Whoa. I think uh they're raising the bar in Formula One, feel free to take a read on that and impact89fm.org slash sports under articles. Um again, my personal Twitter at Hikaru Kudo One, H I K R U K U D O One the Green and White Report, this Sunday, every Sunday at 11 a.m. I'm actually not producing, so we got to figure out a film and produce. I'm going home for You're right. Yeah, so I'm home. Hi, Mom, by the way. And I know she's watching and listening. Um, Hi, uh, Carlos, Mom. Um, so uh, I'll be going home to my wonderful mother. And my family over there. Um, so the Green and White Report. Um, and then I just want to give another sh- uh, shout-out to the Motown Rundown guys. They do a phenomenal job. Detroit Pro Sports. Uh, that drops every Mondays at 6 a.m. respectively. Again, that is also a podcast. Listen to sports or music on radio at Impact 88.9 FM. Or the web stream at Impact89FM.org. Slash Listen Live. Follow our Twitter on The Chant. At The Chant underscore WDBM. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash The Chant dot. WTBM. We do Facebook Live every episode schedule time every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, unless otherwise noted. Next we should week... find out on all of our social media. I mean, yes, what you follow, him? you see the cycle. <laughs> Next week will be an interesting one. I'm supposed to be working, but I might not work for BTM. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep we'll see. you updated. We'll see. It's Feel also the last. It's also the that. last sports um, meeting of the year. That oh, was next it? Wednesday. So, I want to try to show up to that as well. So, we will see again. You can find all of our content on the chant impact89fm.org slash the dash chant. I am currently working on updating all the stuff. Hopefully, by summertime for sure, we'll have all the episodes up there. Also, on iTunes now, we are officially yeah. on Apple Podcasts under impact89fm wdbm. I mean, if you're listening on yeah, that Apple was Podcasts, the, that was the next big and thing. That's there. the big thing here. And I think I went through everything. Episode six. Under the Belt episode 7 next Wednesday. And then we'll wrap up on finals week. Hopefully on episode 8. And then we'll have summer plans for you. Then. Again, another hour and a half or it looks like that's kind of our pace nowadays. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy our podcast. Well you have everything going on and us with just the great banter yes. all the time. And, and, oh, and no last, matter what. No last sarcasm but not least, here. Last but not least, remember if you ever want to talk to us and not you want to use any of the social media, just use the hashtag the, the chant. Chance. With that being said. Justin LaBelle, Hikaru Kudo. Hopefully, I won't be dying next week. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. he survives throughout the week and through Easter. And also, happy Easter happy for all Easter, of those everybody. who
0: celebrate it, as well as a happy Good Friday coming on up. Again, for all those who happy celebrate Good Friday.
1: It. Yes, I want to, again, say just like Justin, happy Good Friday, happy Easter, happy Easter Sunday for everybody if you're listening and with your family on Easter Sunday. With that being said, Justin LaBelle. Hikaru Kudo, you have been you, we have been us, and you have been listening to <laughs> The, the Chant.
0: You have been listening to The Chant, an Impact exclusive brought to you by WDDM East Lansing. For all of your music and sports news, visit Impact89FM.org.